0: Me. This show is part of the Thrill Me Podcast Network. Experience more on Facebook and YouTube. Welcome ghouls to the Crypt of Horror, a Haunter's Podcast special dedicated to tales from the crypt. Now here is your undead host, Mr. Wonderful.
1: Welcome in everybody to another episode of the Crypt of Horror. I am your ghoulish host, Mr. One. Happy to be here as we dive into Season 4. Wow, we are into Season 4 of 7 now for Tales from the Crypt. And very excited to get into uh, Season 4 because I've teased it for a while. I've been talking about it. In fact, his wife was in an episode last season. I believe it was only about three episodes ago that Rita Wilson was in an episode, and now we are officially here as season four begins, episode one, air date on June 27th, 1992, from the comic source, Tales from the Crypt, number 33, is None But the Lonely Heart. That is the first episode we are going to talk about because it did kick off season four. Uh, And again, this was another typical to what Tales from the Crypt did, uh, dropping a whole bunch of episodes on its debut night. Three episodes again were dropped. Uh, The next episode we're going to talk about, episode two, is called This'll Kill Ya, Uh, And then next month, we're going to talk about the third episode, which is on Dead Man's Chest, but sticking with the first one right now, None But the Lonely Heart, directed by none other than Hollywood and America's sweetheart, man-wise that is, Mr. Tom Hanks makes his Tales from the Crypt debut and makes his Tales from the Crypt directorial debut and makes his Tales from the Crypt debut, or I should say his directing debut with this Tales from the Crypt episode, because uh, Tom Hanks would eventually, of course, go on uh, and direct maybe one of my favorite movies, That Thing You Do, in 1996, but before that, he directed Tales from the Crypt in 92, then he directed an episode of A League of Their Own, which I don't know what that show is. Because the episode he directed was The Monkey's Curse. Uh, and yeah, it actually looks like it It was a TV series set based off of... Wow, well, how about that? It was a TV series based off of the movie. Go figure. Uh, the sitcom adaptation of the Hit 92 film features the further exploits of Dottie and Kit... Uh, And the rest of the Rockford Peaches and all-female were, okay, I didn't even know that they tried to turn that into a TV series, but they did. Uh, And he directed an episode of that. He also directed an episode of Fallen Angels. That's when he then went on to do That Thing You Do, From the Earth to the Moon. He directed an episode of that. He directed an episode of Band of Brothers. And then uh, his most recent directing was done in 2011 with Larry Crown. So, uh, cool to see Tom Hanks getting his direct Toral debut in this Tales from the Crypt episode. Uh, And not only that, this this is actually a really good debut episode, much better than the clunker that is the second episode of Tales from the Crypt. Uh, Now, this episode, None But the Lonely Heart, uh, finds Terry Black as one of the writers. Uh, Terry Black uh, has gone on to do a few things. He was the writer of Dead Heat. Uh, He was the writer of a few video games as well, The Red Steel Games, uh, 1 and 2. And he did a few Tales from the Crypt episodes. Uh, So good to see uh, him back. Uh, He did uh, Dig That Cat. We covered back in season one, Corman's Calamity, one of my favorites. He wrote the screenplay of that one. Uh, The Reluctant Vampire we covered last season. Uh, And then... This one was his fourth screenplay for *Tales from the Crypt*. Uh, we'll cover another one later on in the season called *Beauty Rest*, which happened to be the fifth episode that he wrote the screenplay for. Uh, he did a little additional dialogue on some other episodes as well, uh, as well uh, that we haven't gotten to yet uh, in next year, uh, next season. Uh, 93, he did some, uh, cleaning up on some of the scripts. We'll get to while the cat's away nature and gone fishing a little body of work as well. But, uh, here we are. We find ourselves back heading back into the crypt, uh, where we get our crypt keeper doing his opening segment, uh, where he's like, damn you, Marcel. I told you
0: they wanted violence, not violins, uh, Good help is so hard to fiend, isn't it, kitties? Want a little bit more champagne? I hope you're hungry for tonight's murderous menu. It concerns a man who's discovered that the fastest way to a woman's hut is with a pickaxe. I call this tasty little horror. Devour
1: none but the lonely hut. And that takes us into the episode, which uh, we see Howard Prince... He's a con man working with his partner, Morty. However, the two are on the brink of being arrested by the IRS uh, because they are doing court for tax evasion. So the plan is for Howard to marry wealthy old women, kill them for their money with the aid of Baxter, a video dating service owner who's unaware of Howard's plans. Uh, he's able to find the most wealthy elderly women in the city uh, and murders them. And we start this episode off with Howard uh, being all lovey-dovey with his current wife. And he they're having dinner. They're enjoying some time. He makes her meals. She's all like, oh, I love you. And he's like, well, can you sign this? It's a little business venture thing that I got. And she's like, well, you manage my accounts. So really, this is an episode about elder abuse in ways on top of just con men. But it very much reminded me of uh, the sad news that we were reading on like the last days of Stan Lee and how people wanted to manage his money accounts, but really it was a way to manage the accounts to get the money from them. So that's what Howard's up to. Uh, and we see him. Uh, he He's wooed the widows, Claire, Elizabeth, and uh, Matilda in succession, married them. Uh, then one night he gives them... Uh, wine, and he poisons them with the red wine and all of that. And that's what we're seeing happening in this opening to the episode. He's poisoning his current wife, uh, then proceeds to call 911. But what we come to find out is that her stuff is kind of like, he thinks he made away with this big bank, this big money load, but it turns out the IRS... Has a little halt going on on her stuff. So there's a lien from the IRS. He's unable to get as much money as he wants. That's when he tells his partner Morty, you know what? I'm going to do this one more time. I'm going to find another wealthy widow woman. And I'm going to marry this elderly woman killer. We're going to make our money. And then we're going to take off to a tropical paradise. Um. So he goes to the video store, the video, whatever they are, the the marriage and all of that. Uh, And that's where we see uh, lovely Tom Hanks is hanging out because Tom Hanks plays Baxter, the video guy, and he's like, oh, Mr. Howard, uh, did you you find a happy woman here? Did we find one? And he's like, yes, I did. And the woman he found is Effie uh, Gluckman, who's played by none other than, this was really cool too, uh, Frances uh, Sternhagen, who, cool for me to see her in this because I'm a huge fan of Cheers. So to see Mama Clavin pop up in an episode of Tales from the Crypt was really cool. Uh, So it's got Mama Clavin in this. Uh, Also, her Butler, played by none other than Henry Gibson, who starred opposite Tom Hanks in a little movie that I like called The Burbs. Uh, also, in another movie I really like called The Blues Brothers. You might remember him as the head Nazi that The Blues Brothers have a few run-ins with. So, Henry Gibson's in this episode as well. Uh, Sugar Ray Leonard is in this. He's the gravedigger. Yeah, Sugar Ray Leonard is the gravedigger in this episode uh who we come across after the first uh after we witness Howard's first killing and Howard is uh played by Treat uh Treat Williams who you know from Deep Rising, uh Things to Do in Denver, The Phantom. Uh, just character actor who has been around uh definitely you'll you, you'll see him and you'll go, "Oh my goodness." Uh, I mean, hell, he was in the Substitute two and the substitute three man let's be real let's put some respect on this name uh so he's off to woo uh effie uh the first and as he's doing that he gets a message that says that's telling him to end his crimes free or face the consequences uh so he felt like he was being set up by morty goes confronts morty in their office who's shredding incriminating papers uh, proceeds to grab Morty by the necktie, puts it into the paper shredder, snapping Morty's neck as the tie is being pulled by the paper shredder. Uh, the next day, he marries Effie at City Hall. He gets a second message telling him to stop. So he thought Baxter caught up, caught on his crime. He goes and he proceeds to kill Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks kills himself off in this episode. Uh, he actually grabs him uh, and throws him through a TV. So Top Hanks gets electrocuted to death. Uh, that night, he tells Effie, hey, have, have, have your butler take off for the evening. Uh, you don't need him around. I'm going to make you dinner. I'm going to take care of you tonight. And the butler, though, proceeds to confront him and is like, oh, yeah, what about all these other women? Do, they, do these names ring a bell? Uh, so he threatens Howard and the Howard's like, yeah, okay, what are you going to do? And that's when he pulls out a gun and he's like, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. You're going to get the hell out of here. You're not going to kill, kill her. It's just not happening, man. Um, and he's like, okay, you're right. You're right. Uh, but Howard gets, gets an opportunity, gets the upper hand, proceeds to deck him, uh, and then attacks the Butler Stanhope before he could fire. He snaps his neck. Very military style, uh, strangling him out while Effie's in the other room, can't see it happening. So now he kills the butler as well uh, because he's convinced that the butler's also in on it. Uh, so everything is now ag- going according to plan. He finally got everybody out of the f- picture that he thinks he thinks Morty had something to do with it. He thinks Baxter, the video dating service owner, had something to do with it. Then he thinks the butler had something to do with it, Stan Hope. So he's like, I got them out of the way. Uh, and everything's going the way he needs to, um, and proceeds to go, hey Effie, here's the us, some wine. And she's like, oh, I don't like red wine. It's too sweet. And he's like, well, toast to us. So she toasts. she does a little sip and he's like, well, let's do another toast to get you to drink a little bit more. And she's like, oh, you're trying to get me drunk, aren't you, sir? Well, in that case, chugs her whole glass of wine and hits the floor because she's been poisoned. So Howard starts to call 911, starts working up his crocodile tears. And as he's calling for the ambulance to cover his tracks, he has to change his heart attack story because Effie won't succumb to the poison. She gets up and jumps on him and he's all panicky and he's like, oh, well, actually, my wife fell down the stairs and proceeds to throw her down a flight of stairs. Uh, tells that to the 911 operators as he's doing it. Now, we fast forward a little bit. It's a couple of days after Effie's funeral. Uh, he's his ass is about to get on a plane, and he's got his plane ticket. He's going to get out of the country. He's about to get away with all these murders, killing these these widows as well as Morty, his business partner Baxter, the video dating service guy, uh, Stanhope, the butler. Effie as well, the last victim, but he's got his money. He's about to get out the door, and when he opens it, there's another message on the door. So there was still someone out there telling him to stop, telling him that they know what he's doing, and he's told to meet the messenger at Effie's Crypt. And it turns out that that messenger was the gravedigger himself. Yes, Sugar Ray Leonard, former boxer, actually is the one that was telling him, like, hey man, I know, and they're having a one-on-one, and he's like, I know what's happening because they won't stop telling me to come get you. They all need you here. And Howard is like, who's all of them? What's this? Huh? Okay, whatever, you're crazy. Stop giving me the messages or I'm gonna kill you. And he's like, no, I can't stop because they won't stop, Howard. And Howard's like, you know what, you're crazy, Grabs the gravedigger's shovel. There's plenty for wasting his time. Uh, that's what he tells him. He's like, there's there's a penalty for wasting my time. Uh, proceeds to kill the gravedigger with his shovel, shovel. And Howard's like, okay. Well, now I know the guy who's been writing me the notes. He's a crazy gravedigger. Everybody's dead. But as he goes to put the gravedigger in Effie's coffin, he sees that it's empty and she's missing. And that's when he hears a voice, turns... And it was Effie who had come back as a zombie. However, she isn't the only one who came back as a zombie. Uh, Matilda, the first woman that was mentioned that he had killed, Elizabeth and Claire, the first one that we had seen him kill, all have risen from the dead as well. Each woman's appearance is worse than the last. Howard tries to escape, but he ends up surrounded. And we get clarification on what Sugar Ray Leonard was saying, which is, They can't live or die without Howard. So in order to rest in peace, they all eat Howard alive. Uh, That takes us back into the crypt where the Crypt Keeper is hanging out. Uh, And we get a little closing segment where he's like, now
0: that's what I call a happy ending. I had a feeling Effie would win Howard's heart. Not to mention his spleen, his kidneys, and his gallbladder. (laughs) So will there be anything else? Uh, That's when a head falls off of a skeleton sitting next to the Crypt Keeper. Hmm, I love a ghoul who gives you head and then lets you keep it. Pretty funny.
1: Sexual innuendo for sure. Uh, But that takes us out, and boom, that's the end of the episode. Fun trivia, I already mentioned it. Tom Hanks directed the episode, also makes a uh, cameo as the dating service owner Baxter. Uh, But yeah, all in all, Really good opening episode, fun episode. I like the direction of the episode. I like what Tom Hanks does as the director with this episode. I love the special effects of this episode. The decaying corpses, each one more so decayed than the previous one, is absolutely like... It was funny. I was watching the episode and uh, Brooke, too, was asleep. And she came out like right when Howard throws Effie down the flight of stairs. And she just looked at me and was like, oh, you're watching Tales from the Crypt? Yeah, that's what I'm doing. And she was off doing her own thing and kind of was on her phone. And then when it got to the actual each zombified woman, her head just popped up and she did the, oh, that's gross. Oh, that's grosser. Oh, that's really sick. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's the point of this. And I'm loving every minute of it. And then I dropped that little fact on her where I was like, oh, by the way, you slept through it. But the director of this episode was one Tom Hanks. And she was like, he directed that? Just kind of blown away that Tom Hanks would associate and put his name not just on a Tales from the Crypt, but would put his stamp of directorial debut on an episode that gross of Tales from the Crypt. I mean, the third the third zombified woman like an eyeball hanging out like falls out of her head like it is so cool so wicked Uh, this is a prime episode of what Tales from the Crypt should be when it's clicking on all levels how awesome this show really is why this show is fun Uh, and yeah it's also the 39th episode overall in the series so uh, now it's time for us to move I really recommend checking this one out if you haven't seen this one I know I spoiled a lot of it uh, but definitely worth a check out. Really fun episode. Uh, you could see where Tom Hanks is going as a director from that point forward. Uh, and why that thing you do ends up being... I'm, I'm going to assume if you're listening to this, there's a good chance you've seen that thing you do. You like that thing you do and you enjoy that thing you do. Maybe, maybe you were unsure that that was written and directed by Tom Hanks. But yeah, you can understand and you can see the beginning phases of this guy that wants to get behind the camera to tell stories as well. Uh, And he does a good job with that story right there. Solid episode of Tales from the Crypt, which takes us to the second episode of Tales from the Crypt, uh, directed by a man who hasn't directed anything since 1995 when he directed Johnny Mnemonic. Yes. If you know who I'm about to say, congratulations. But Robert Longo uh, comes in and directs his Tales from the Crypt, the only episode he would direct, which is episode two, also debuted on the same night as episode one, June 27, 1992. Uh, this one comes from the comic source Crime Suspend Stories, number 23. Uh, and this episode had a lot of potential but it's kind of maddening because this is a subpar episode of Tales from the Crypt. Uh, it's very predictable. Very, uh, you know, the, the fun thing about Tales from the Crypt episodes and, and just in general, uh, these comics are the the twists that come to it. The, everybody kind of gets there. There's in the end uh, the bad people get get what they have coming to them like really what we saw in the first episode with with the idea of here's somebody that's treating elderly women uh, abusing them taking advantage of them killing them and taking their money and none but the lonely heart and while all these women are being killed in the end he gets his from all the women that he wronged on top of everybody else so this will kill you just unfortunately is is a little subpar to what we just get uh mediocre and especially for it being episode two it's kind of a oh that's okay that's where we go uh this one stars Sonia braga uh as uh sophie wagner in the episode now uh Sonia, you know from uh a few things probably like uh moon over uh Peridor. Uh, Kiss of the Spider Woman, just a few things, but I don't want to be uh, she. More recently, Royal Pains, she had a pretty recurring role on that, uh, and I don't want to be cruel to her because uh, she she's from Brazil, but her accent hurts the episode a little bit because her role kind of is uh, I don't want to say dumbed down by it, but what. What what needs to be delivered isn't being delivered there. Uh, Dylan McDermott is in this episode as well. Uh, really cool, uh, but also going to be a sad fact when we get to it. Uh, Cleavon Little is in this episode, and I'll say it now. Uh, I, I don't even see if it's part of the trivia for where I usually get. Oh, no, it is. It is. Uh, this is, I'll just give you the trivia right here. This is Cleavon Little's uh, final acting performance Uh, he would die four months after the episode aired. Uh, So you you listen, you seen Blazing Saddles, he's Bart, baby. Uh, Once bitten, he's in that as well as Sebastian. So uh, Vanishing Point, he's a, you know, like legendary actor. uh, And his final performance on screen is in this Tales from the Crypt episode. And, And it it sucks to say that his final performance in a, in this episode is an episode that I found to be somewhat, uh, you know, mediocre in the sense of you're able to figure out what's coming. So to break this down for you, the plot of this sees a scientist and Dylan McDermott decides to get revenge when he suspect suspects that his own lab partners, uh, Sonia Braga and Cleavon Little, have double crossed him by purposely injecting him with a deadly experimental virus cell with no antidote. So this opens. We see the Crypt Keeper. He's hammering,
0: hits his thumb. Damn, I love when that happens. You didn't know your old friend the Crypt Keeper was the boo-it-yourself type, did you? I'm actually pretty handy with my little ghoul box. Here's a bookshelf I just finished for my library. Over there is a stand I made for my new Big Scream TV,
1: which... Hysterically enough, because this is 1992, his big screen TV is still just a tube TV that's like 27 inches tops. And it's like, oh yeah, that that was big screen TVs back in the
0: early 90s kids. Um, He continues on. And here's something else I've been working on. It's a nasty nugget about an unpleasant young man in the medicine biz who's about to get a dose of his own. I call tonight's tale, this'll kill ya. And yeah, as I mentioned, we get into it, but it's a pretty generic
1: it's it's just a generic basic it's a joke gone wrong what's going to happen type episode. Um and McDermott's try everybody, everybody in this is giving a good performance. I know I was a little a little harsh at the start on Sonia Braga, but it's more because she didn't speak good English in the role that they cast her in for this. Uh, definitely, and I hate I hate how it sounds. I know I'm not saying it the best way possible, but it didn't do her any benefits in this role. Her broken English and struggling with the English language at the time of this episode. Uh, Cleavon Little is is crushing it, as he always did. Uh, Dylan McDermott is is doing a good job as well. But even he is a little like, okay, left and right, all right, whatever. But the premise of this is McDermott goes out, makes a comment about how they're really close to uh, cracking the code on this experimental drug. And both Sonia and Cleavon are like, what the hell's the matter with you? You can't do that, this and that. But the whole thing is established on the fact that McDermott hates needles Can't put his own insulin, so he can't shoot himself up with his own insulin because he needs insulin every day. So Sonya's the one that shoots him up with it, uh, and you like it's all so basic because the open is establishing that oh, you keep your insulin in the same place we keep the medicine, but you keep it behind it. There's no way one of these days it's going to get mixed up. Oh, I can't believe you did this, Dylan. How dare you go public with this comment when we're not ready? We're still at least a year away from potentially having this this cure and and being correct. Well, don't tell me how to do my job. I won't tell you how to do yours. Uh, Also, there's weirdness in this episode because you get the dynamic set up that Dylan McDermott isn't fully liked by Sonia Braga and Cleavon Little, and then they kind of have like a back and forth, McDermott and and, and, and Sonya. And then it leads to McDermott showing up at her place. He has a key. And I'm just going to say he basically raped her. It, it, that's exactly like what he does because he's... He's making advances. He's like, "Come on, you don't want to no, you don't want to go again." And she's like, "No, no, no, no." Cuz he just shows up when she's about to take a shower, walks into the bedroom, and she's like, "The dumbest thing I ever did was give you a key to my place." And he's like, "Well, you shouldn't have if you didn't want it." And she keeps saying no, and then he just keeps making moves and and eventually there's nudity and hands going places and he's like, "Yeah, you don't want it?" Sure seems like and then they have sex and then he just Leaves and she's like, oh, I should have known you were just coming. And it's so weird, so awkward, so uncomfortable, and such a male masculinity type of move that is totally just out there. But they do the deed. Uh, and she's like, Don't tell Cleve uh, on Little because he's going to get mad if he knows that we're still kind of a thing, even though we broke up, but we're still sleeping together. Again, really weird stuff. Um, so they move on, uh, and that's when they go back and, and he apologizes too little. And he's like, I'm sorry I did that. Here's some coffee, this and that. You've known me for years, you know, and I, you know, I don't apologize. He's like, yeah, I've known you for pretty much our entire working time together, like years and years and years now you've never apologized for anything. So what do you want? Uh, and he's like, I don't really want anything. I just wanted to say I'm sorry because she had convinced him to apologize to him. So he did it. Which is what makes the next part of it so awkward, because that that he's like, "Are you gonna inject me with mine?" And he's like, "No, I'm not." Uh, but he gives it to Sonia, and Sonia goes and does the insulin. But as she's injecting it, he goes, "Wait, that's the wrong thing. Why do you put it in this in this in this fridge as well? What are you doing? We we told you, we warned you, this could happen one day, and blah blah blah. blah and now it's happened. So they tell him that really he's only got like." There uh, eventually, this medicine, this experimental virus cell is going to create tumors in his body, all of this stuff, and yada, yada, yada. Uh, And he's dying, and this and that. And he starts hallucinating, does McDermott. He's seeing things, uh, and he believes he's dying. And he goes to Sonia's place again, and that's when he hears a phone call. Uh, from Cleavon Little, who's like, listen, what we did mixing with his medicine and doing that just doesn't sit right with me, but come to the lab. I got something to show you uh, and we should probably you know, tell him what we did and this and that. And that's when McDermott's like, oh, they messed with me. They're killing me. Well, I'm going to get them back. And he shows up at the lab and Little's printing something up and he's like, oh, hey, good to see you. Uh, I, I got something for you. And McDermott, no hesitation, just takes a bat to his head and is like, Yeah, well, that's what that's what you get. Because you you killed me, I'm gonna kill you, and bashes his head in. And he's trying, he's like, wait, 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 I can explain everything. He's like, Yeah, I bet you can. You guys thought it would be funny to kill me, so I kill you. Uh, and boom, that's that. Cleavon Little's dead. Uh, which actually, I guess I should say, circles us back to the actual open of the episode, which is we see McDermott dragging his body up some stairs into a building, which happens to be a police building. Uh, So it's the police precinct where he admits to killing him. And he's like, I killed this guy because he killed me. And the cops pull their guns and he's like, go ahead and kill me. I'm already dead. And he proceeds to tell the story to the cops. So we get an opening segment and then everything's told in flashback by McDermott. And then that takes us back to after he kills him, Uh, And he's like, and that's what brings us here. So go ahead and shoot me and kill me. I'm already dead anyway. Uh, And that's when Sonya comes running in and she's like, what did you do? Why'd you do that? You idiot. Did you not look at what he printed up? What he printed up was telling you that we did figure out the cure we were going to tell you the only reason we screwed with your medicine and by the way we didn't give you the wrong medicine we gave you, me- we just gave we just screwed with your insulin slightly so that you were going to hallucinate feel bad but you were going to be fine in 24 hours you moron and if you looked at what he printed you would have seen that he act- we actually have the cure and we are and you weren't wrong for making the announcement but we just wanted to get back at you slightly to teach you a lesson to not jump out and make these quick announcements before we could finalize our data and our findings. So that's, and that's why, so, you know, it ends up being one of those where it's like, oh no, I killed my friend because I don't know why, you know. So not the strongest of episodes. And again, everything is just set up in such a way that it's not surprising when you get to that because you know that they screwed with it. And even though it's trying to set it up with the phone call moment where you're like, oh, they intentionally messed with it. Like, at that point, it becomes even more obvious that you're like, yeah, okay, they they didn't really kill him. They just messed with it to screw with his mind. And now McDermott's going to go crazy and start killing everybody. Um, So, yeah, not the strongest. But then we get to the
0: closing segment, uh, which sees the Crypt Keeper. How about that, George? Talk about connecting with your friends. They're finished so what do you think, kitties? Beautiful, isn't it? I always wanted a swing set. Uh, because the Crypt
1: Keeper had been building, I guess, the entire time. Uh, not a swing set. Uh, it, it was it was for noose. It was for a noose. And he's got other
0: bodies hanging there, uh, other skeletons. Uh, and then he continues on. Just a little something for when I'm hanging out watching the noose. See you next time. Pulls the lever to the hang to hang all the skeletons. Now
1: that's what I call
0: well hung. <laughs> uh,
1: and the episode ends. And as I mentioned, one of the fun pieces of trivia, or not so fun pieces of trivia, is that this is Cleavon Little's final acting performance uh, before he passed away four months later. So, uh, not the best of tales from the crypt, but uh, just just a mediocre episode. Uh, nothing truly crazy going on, nothing like the first episode that we talked about that's got great imagery, great special effects. Uh, this is just a basic episode of Tales from the Crypt. Uh, so that'll do it for this episode of Crypt of Horror. We'll be back next week, uh, the final episode of the three-part debut on A Dead Man's Chest. We will discuss, as well as Seance... Uh, so we'll be getting into those, uh, very, very ecstatic though to get into, and Seance is a fun episode. Uh, I really look forward to talking about Seance. Uh, but yeah, uh, season four is upon us, a lot to get to in season four. There are going to be a lot of heavy cameos, uh, coming up. And in fact, on a dead man's chest, uh, going to have a little celebrity appearance from, uh, one Tia, Ki- Kiara, Kiara, I believe is how you said her name. Uh, Cassandra, I guess, is the best way to put it. From Wayne's World, is going to make her tales from the crypt uh, appearance, uh, and that's actually a fun episode on de- uh, on a dead man's chest. Now that I'm looking at it again, I'm like, oh yeah, I do remember this one. We're all, we're going to get a little Elvis, uh, crypt keeper. So definitely can't wait to talk about that one next month. Uh, but
0: until next time, kitties. <laughs>